following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Our series that we're pressing into right now is the Go of the Gospel. And one of my desires is that it not just become another month where we talk about how much we aren't evangelizing and we should be, and we should be doing it this way, and we should, you know, yada, yada, yada. Because we've all sat through a lot of that. We've all had times when it's this thought of the great commission and, and the release of the gospel has actually really come with a whole bunch of guilt and I'm not doing it right, and I should be doing more. And, but that external motivator will never get the result that what the Lord released today in the word during worship is going to get in our lives. Because there's something that he's doing from the inside out that's going to make it impossible for us not to become those who go with the gospel. And so uh, I'm excited that the Holy Spirit is doing his part, and we're going to do our part this morning, and we're going to respond to his word. So Pastor Bob opened the series. He did two awesome messages on who in the world are you, and just talked. He used the, uh, my favorite part of scripture, if you can have one, uh, John 17, the prayer of Jesus for those who would believe, those who responded to the gospel and believed, now what happens and what, what Jesus' prayer was for them. If you didn't have a chance to hear those, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen. You can find it on our website because it really, uh, again, brought a foundation to this series of what Jesus released when he released us with the gospel, that he released us uh, both that were sent from wherever we are, and that we're sent from this place of unity uh, together and the impact that that has. And so I'd encourage you to look into that. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, this week, I want to focus on the gospel and what we mean when we talk about the gospel, what, what that is, the power that it has. Next week, I want to talk about going, the go part. And what does it look like to go? But it's important that when we're going somewhere that we know what it is we're taking with us, that we know what it is that we're carrying if we talk about being sent. And so today I want to talk about the goal of the gospel. And the goal of the gospel is movement. <laughs> the very nature of the gospel is movement. The very nature of the message of who Jesus is, it was never meant to be good advice. It was never meant to be um, just, just an example of one way to live. The gospel is meant to move and to grow and to produce something and to bring transformation. One of the words that Alan brought to us as a church during the prophetic conference last month is that he spoke that Living Waters Church is not a church, it's a movement. And that's not, I mean, that's cool, and that's unique in some ways. There's certain things that he was speaking to here at Living Waters, but it's really not unique to Living Waters. The church is a movement. The church is meant to be a movement. It was never meant to become a, a um, okay, a campsite. It was never meant to become a stationary um, a thing where, where it's, 
it's an institution. It was, it's always been meant to be a movement. The, the very nature of what Jesus re- released in the church was movement. And so we need to recognize that the gospel is the catalyst and the content of that movement. If we're moving in any other thing, we're not moving in the purity of the gospel. Now, the gospel will affect many other things, but the catalyst and the content of the movement of the church is the gospel message and and the power of the gospel, the reality of the gospel. And when the gospel gets planted somewhere and it begins to flourish, then all these other things come out of that. Amen? So that's why it's important that we recognize that it's meant to be moving. And what I hope we come out of this today, tomorrow, and in the coming weeks, what I hope we come out of it is with is a uh, confidence, a profound confidence in the power of the gospel. Because I believe that to some degree, we're not all that convinced sometimes. We, we believe the gospel. We say that we know it makes a difference. But I can tell you for myself, if I were to be really honest, even the church at large, if we really to be honest, that we're about 1% convinced of what is possible when the gospel really moves. And so what, what we're doing today, and as we're looking into it today, is we're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to convince us of what the power of that is. It's not just another Sunday morning, have breakfast, wrestle your kids into the car to to church, have a rip your float. Do have a rip your float, though. Um, It's not just that. We are carriers of something transformational. We are part of a movement on the earth. It's just not a place that we stop on a Sunday morning because we're carrying the seed of hope for a nation. We're carrying the seed of transformation in our lives. And my prayer is that we would carry the confidence and the power of the simple gospel to change a life, to transform a city, a nation, that we would become convinced of it. The reality is the seed of the gospel at some point was planted in your life. And you received it by faith. Now, what happens when a seed is planted and something gets created and it produces fruit, there's more seed from that original seed in the fruit. So you are carriers of the seed of the gospel. Having received the gospel, now we, the fruit of our lives is filled with these little seeds of the gospel. The fruit of the Spirit in our life carries in it the seed of the gospel that gets planted in the lives of other people. And so we need to recognize that you have transformation on the inside of you. You have transformation on the inside of you. So local transformation, global transformation, transformation for your family, you carry that seed on the inside And I think there's times when we can look at everything that's going on around us and and we forget that in all of the bad news in the news cycle, we have the good news. 
So we have something, we have a part of the story that CNN and Fox and BBC and right now you're going, does she really watch those? No, I don't. But any, any news outlet, we, we have a part of the story that they don't have. We have a part of the story that they don't yet know, that there is an entire storyline playing out in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the tragedy, that there is one who has triumphed and his name is Jesus, that he has overcome. Any headline you can read, you can go, oh, the good news is Jesus overcame that. Amen? And so we have this seed in us that he any, anything that we're looking at, he has a solution. Whether it's an issue I'm dealing with in my own family or whether it's some issue in global politics, he has a solution. He has a solution for violence. He has a solution for broken family. He has a solution for racism. He has a solution for unrighteousness and sin. He has a solution for identity confusion. He has a solution for fatherlessness. He has a solution for sickness and sin. Did I already say sin? It's not more important. I just forgot I said it already. He has a solution for anything that we look at, and it's the gospel, For any bad news I'm facing, there is good news that I carry. Amen? Amen? So I think, thank you so much. Let's look at, because I'm lost for a second, let's look at uh, Matthew and the parable of the sower. That's actually kind of the parable of the seed and the sower. And I'm actually, he, the parable of the sower is at the beginning of Matthew 13, but I'm going to actually look where he actually explains it. Poor Jesus. He had to explain all the things. But if it were me, I would have, he would have needed to explain it to me too. So um, verse 18 of chapter 13 in Matthew. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, that's the gospel, by the way, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who has received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For then tribulation or persecution arises because of the word. Immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on good ground, it is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some 60, some 30. This is about the seed of the gospel, the seed of transformation that gets sown. And one of the mistakes I believe that we've sometimes made in the church is that we have sown the seed and when it doesn't get received, we begin to believe there's something wrong with the seed. We begin to say, I sowed the seed and it wasn't received, so I I need to change the seed. 
I need to modify the seed. Or we see that we sowed the seed and it didn't last long in that person's life, so then we feel like we have to do more behavior modification programs. And we begin to change the seed. We begin to genetically modify the seed because it wasn't received in the way that we thought it should have been received. And this clearly tells us that's about the ground, not about the seed. Our job is not to modify the seed so that it will grow better. It's perfect in itself. The gospel is complete in itself. And so the soil being changed is the Holy Spirit's job. (laughs) Do you know that one of the things that's going on in our nation right now, some of the things that we are really scared about and worked up about, is actually God changing the soil to be ready for the seed. It's not always pretty. But he's, he's doing it. He's changing the soil to be ready for the seed. Sometimes we sow the seed and it didn't grow very good, so we go, oh, that must be last year's seed. I need new seed. Have you ever done that? Gone through all your seed packets and you sow something and it doesn't grow and you go, oh, it's because it expired. The seed doesn't expire. The seed is not the problem. And so we need to continue to be faithful as sowers of the seed who will protect the preciousness of the seed and not try to modify the seed. Do you know what happens when you modify the seed? Because we've seen it happen, both in the natural and in in the church. When you modify the seed, it comes to a place where the, the plant that the seed produces can no longer reproduce itself because we've modified it to such a degree that it doesn't reproduce the thing that was planted. Any fruitlessness in the body of Christ is partially because of this, because we've planted a modified seed. The gospel is complete. The gospel is complete. And if the seed isn't working, it's not about the seed, it's about the ground. And we need to be okay with that. We need to not... Try to change the seed. I wonder what would happen if the church all across the United States, or any nation, but this is our nation that we're in, really believed the power of the gospel. When we sing this morning, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. There's times when I sing that and I go, I hope that's true. (laughs) And then there's other times like this morning when something on the inside of me goes, I know that's true. I know that's true. That the name of Jesus changes everything. And he's right now, he's about the business of reminding the church that the gospel has the power to save, that the gospel is the solution. If we actually believed that, you would not keep us silent. (laughs) If we actually believed that, we would not become messengers of any other method or any other way. 
And I believe he's awakening us to that, that we would be fully convinced of the gospel, that we could look at the hardest of hearts and we could say, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time and soil. (laughs) And we need to recognize the soil isn't our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I love how Jesus could look at at, uh, the nation that was about to kill him and he could say to his, his disciples, oh, but the harvest is plentiful. All I need is some workers who actually believe in the seed. <laughs> and I believe that we can look at what's going around us and we can have on the inside a revelation, the harvest is plentiful. This is the time of harvest. So we're asking the Lord to do that in a supernatural way. I love how God is not intimidated in the same way that he wasn't then when he looked at an occupied nation. They were occupied by Rome. There was horrible crisis going on. The church itself lacked purity, all all of the things And he wasn't intimidated by that. He said, oh no, this is the time of harvest. And it's the same today. He's not intimidated. He's not looking down on Europe or America or any closed nation, North Korea or any other nation. He's not looking down and saying, oh man, I really thought that was going to work. He's not intimidated by that. He doesn't have another plan. He says, no, the harvest is ripe. And what he's doing is he's activating us. You know, there's over 2 billion people on the planet right now, based on whatever statistics, that have never heard the name of Jesus still. That have never had the seed sown in their soil. There's about 7,000 people groups that don't have a single church where, where they're receiving the gospel. And, and that's, that is one of the reasons that we talk about the go of the gospel, that there's a reality to, um, biblically speaking, reaching all those who are unreached. But another reality is that here in the United States and many other Christian nations, there are hundreds of thousands of people who have never really been presented the gospel by someone who truly believes in its power. They've heard of Jesus, probably studied it in their college world religions class, but what people are waiting for is an encounter with someone that's carrying the seed of transformation and sows it with intention and with faith, who who, uh, is in partnership with the Holy Spirit and sees where the soil is ready. And even when it's not ready, they're still sowing the seed. The, The whole 
statement about, or the, the message from the parable of the sower and the seed wasn't about, you know, so don't be a dumb sower and don't sow in that spot. It wasn't about that. It was about just recognizing if it's not growing, it's not about the seed. It's about the soil. And we can trust God to continue to prepare the soil. So the gospel is not just a message, it's a movement. I think one of the mistakes we can make is we relegate the gospel to the the elementary part of our Christian life, and then we move on to other things. We move on to more mature things. But the gospel isn't just the door, and it is the door, but the gospel is all of it. The gospel is everything that happens inside the door. So one of the things for us as believers is that we have an opportunity to not just receive the gospel by faith as it relates to salvation, as it relates to the the purity of the message of Jesus. Uh, We had a separation from God. Out of his great love, he sent Jesus. Jesus died on the cross so that our sins would be covered and forgiven. He rose from the dead so that we can live a new life, a new resurrection life. And he ascended to the Father. It's not just that reality. It's everything that was made possible because of that. So for us, it's when we've received the gospel by faith, it changed everything, but it continues to change everything. The Christian life, the maturity in the Christian life is about us discovering how good the good news really is. So sometimes we can relegate the gospel message to the the good news that you don't have to go to hell. By the way, it is that. Isn't that good news? Aren't you happy about that? Yeah. But it's even better than that. So that we can continually, every time I come against any kind of bad news that doesn't manifest what's true and right in the kingdom, I go, oh, I have more good news for this. I have a revelation of what Jesus made possible in this situation. Our maturity in Christ doesn't move us on from the simplicity of the gospel. Let's look at Romans 1. Romans has a lot to say about the gospel. Um, uh, Let's look at chapter 1, verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So one of the things he's talking about here, I'm not, first of all, I'm not ashamed of the message of the gospel. Do you know that that's a huge statement for Paul to make? Because Paul was uh, very well educated in the doctrines of, of the uh, Hebrew teachers, all of that. He, he was a teacher. And part of their, um, 
the maturity of a teacher was you, you can talk about more complicated things, and, you, and that's what they spent their life doing. And Paul dismissed that for the simplicity of the gospel message. And he said, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm not ashamed of the simplicity of this. I don't feel like I have to know all the things. And one other place he said, um, I choose to know only Christ and him crucified. That was a big statement for him because Paul knew a lot of stuff. But he said, I'm not ashamed of this because it's the power for salvation. All of this other knowledge was okay, but this is the power for salvation. And then he goes on to say, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The gospel is continually being revealed in us and to us. We haven't moved on from the gospel. We're just scratching the surface of what it actually is, what it carries, what is possible. That the gospel brings transformation in our lives. How many of you know there's a difference between change and transformation? Sometimes we've been willing to settle for change. We've preached a gospel where the result was change, but this gospel, the result is transformation. I am grateful. We need to celebrate and to acknowledge the goodness of the change that has happened in our nature around the Roe v. Wade issue. We can celebrate that. But there is a transformation that comes by making disciples that will not come by making laws. And we need to recognize it is the gospel that brings transformation. Amen? Amen. There's a power in it. And there's a power in it in our lives continually for transformation. I am walking in more of the gospel now today than I was a year ago. But it's still the same simplicity of message. It's not because I know more. Sometimes I wonder if I actually really do know more. Sometimes I feel like the more I know, the less I know. But there's something about being able to come to this and go, but I know this. I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. I know that I can build my life on his love because it's the only firm foundation. And he's really good at revealing to me when I'm building on anything other than that. How many of you have felt the goodness of God in revealing to you in these days where you've built on things that aren't him? Yeah. And it's good. It's good that he does that. So I want to look at a couple, um, a couple ways that the Bible talks about the gospel. When we're saying, okay, what is this message that we carry? It, <clears throat> the gospel, which is basically defined as good news, it was, as with most words that we use in church, 
It was a Greek word that had to do with somebody bringing good tidings of victory. The gospel was the message. They would come into a city and bring the message that victory had happened or some other good news that evoked joy in people. So we are carriers of that message. We are carriers of the reality that victory has happened. We get sent, we go to different places, whether that be in our jobs, in another nation, to other family members, in the grocery store. We get sent with the message, victory has happened. It's good news. That that's, should be the message of the church That should be the message of our lives that we're walking out. And that means, sometimes that means we're sharing it in our testimony. We're we're sharing the testimony of how here's the bad news that was going on in my life. And when I here's the good news of what God has done in that. Both in our testimony of salvation, but even just in our life in general. But so the gospels mentioned. Uh, in the New Testament about 100 times. It depends on the translations between 92 and 100. It talks about the gospel. And it's sometimes paired with, with different words, different descriptors. So one of the ways that the gospel is defined is the gospel of Jesus Christ or the gospel of Christ or the gospel of his son. And one of the things that we need to remember is that at its core, the gospel is always a message about Jesus. That we can't modify that. At its core, it's a message about Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 23 Actually, all of Colossians. I got stuck in Colossians because I was looking for this one verse, but there's a whole bunch in Colossians about the gospel. It kind of defines the gospel and, and what it really is and what the effect of it is. And it's, anyway, it'd be a great study. But Colossians chapter 1, verse 23, it says, If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. What he's talking about is don't be moved from the hope of what you first received in the gospel. How is it that we, we enter the door through Jesus and we somehow begin to look to other things for our hope? So there's a lot of different things that that we come into, different uh, revelation that I thank God for. But we need to remember all of it is meant to, to demonstrate the gospel itself and the core of it is Jesus. I think the Lord is simplifying some things for us in this season. I think there's some things that he has used and that has been good and that, but but he's bringing us to the simplicity of the gospel. 
Lest we think that any of those methods we've created of connecting to the reality of the gospel actually are the thing that create the change. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's things that are good and have, have connected people to freedom, and, but they aren't the gospel. They're just a way to connect us to the reality of the gospel. And I'm seeing him do in my life where he's kind of peeling back some things because I've begun to depend on that method, that teaching, that revelation. I want to be wholeheartedly grounded in this revelation, the reality of Christ, that it's all earlier in Colossians, that it pleased God that in him all fullness would dwell. So it's also called the gospel of the grace of God which emphasizes for us that salvation in all aspects is only on the basis of grace, not on what we can do or what we can't do, what we've done, what we haven't done. The gospel is a message of grace, that it is in Christ alone. It's not anything that we have accomplished or can accomplish. And yet somehow we step in to that grace And then we start a works program in our own lives. I don't know how that happens. And I keep having to come back to the simplicity of that identity. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. But you know what I mean. Sonship. So the gospel of the grace of God reminds us of that. It's also referred to in several places as the gospel of the kingdom. The good news that God will establish his kingdom on the earth through Jesus. The restoration of all things as he originally intended. When we talked about authority this morning during worship, this this is the authority that we carry. This is, this message, the gospel of the kingdom is the message that we carry authority in. There are times when I want to have authority into a particular area or to see change in a particular thing. And if it's not happening, sometimes I have to recenter myself in the place that I do have authority. (laughs) It means I might be trying to affect change or transformation in a different way than the way that God's given us to affect change and transformation. That he's given us an authority to preach the gospel of the kingdom. I love that uh, there was a change that happened between John the Baptist and then Jesus where John the Baptist preached, the kingdom of God is near, and Jesus said, tell them the kingdom of God is here, is now with you. That's, that's part of the good news of the gospel. That we get to preach that, demonstrate that. Uh, the other thing it's been called is the gospel of peace. And this isn't peace like quiet, laying in the hammock, perfect temperature, peace. This is peace like all things being put together in wholeness. This is why we can look at what's going on in the world and say, I have a solution for that. It's the gospel. 
for everything broken, the gospel is the solution. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.